0: On this episode of AV Week, what segments of the AV industry are going to be most impacted by IoT and AR? The importance of local support when growing globally, and distribution or direct—all that and more. Next on AV Week, the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is, this is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is A.B. Week, episode 373, recorded Thursday, October 18, 2018, just
1: right. Support for A.B. Nation is brought to you by... Sure, because every voice matters. And by... Extron Electronics. This
0: is A.B. Your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to talk about the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, an old friend that has been far too long gone on, on this program. His, his name is Joe Andrulis and he works for BIAM. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you very much, Tim. It's uh, great to be back after my, I think, about three-year hiatus from the yeah. uh, AV broadcast tour. So uh, excited to be back on board, joined Biamp, and we're uh, loving life here in Portland and looking forward to a lot of exciting things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They, they, uh, the, uh, Joe was part of the group that, that purchased uh yeah. Bi-Amp last December, actually. That's um, correct. And also with us, uh, an old friend as well. His name is Jimmy Paskey. Last time we saw him was in San Diego uh, for CDS. So welcome, sir.
2: Yeah, that, I wish I had that weather going on today here in North Carolina. It's starting to feel like a winter just a little bit. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely. Uh, jimmy's Jimmy works for for that's why we saw him last time and it just since we're talking about weather I'm in St. Louis where it doesn't know if it wants to be 35 degrees or 45 degrees. So. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'll I'll take my weather instead.
0: It's weird. It was it was 95 last Monday, it was 95 degrees on Monday and it was 55 once on Friday. So it was mm. like you know, finally decided to be fall. So, All right, guys, uh, first story comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator uh, and Tom LeBlanc uh, talking about the trends in hotel room technology, AI and the IoT, Internet of Things. Quote, unquote, it wasn't that long ago that the typical hotel room technology uh, consisted of an old school CRT mm-hmm. and very confusing remote control. You'd leave your home and office where flat panel TVs were omnipresent and seemingly go back in time as you enter the hotel room. Tom goes on to write about how these uh, hotel chains are utilizing AI, they're utilizing voice control, they're utilizing um, the IoT technology. And Joe, I'm going to start with you on this. What areas of the AV industry do we see of being disrupted what verticals i guess besides hotel and hotel is is a fine example of that but what other areas are we seeing being disrupted by both ai and and iot
1: um i I guess i wouldn't characterize as being disrupted i actually view this as a a tremendous benefit a wonderful trend for uh, the av industry i mean one of the challenges with the av industry always is that av was pretty complicated right we remarked about the remote controls in Mm -hmm. hotel room which is a really, really simple form of AV in, in and in a kind of a residential type of setting. Uh, you know, when you look at what we confronted in AV and a SSR and other sorts of complicated settings, our poor users were confronted by a pretty unique, challenging experience and they often failed for lack of experience or each space was always a little bit different. So, you know, this move towards AI, which was uh, kind of a way to do anticipatory or context sensitive control, Uh, as well as basically wider adoption of control through the adoption of IoT, I think is just lowering the barriers to being able to integrate devices together, provide users a much more, uh, essentially educate users on how to control their experience in the environment, and generally have the environments do the control on their own. Uh, You know, you did mention uh, all the new technology going into hotel rooms, but I, I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms. And if I saw a trend, if anything, it's I touch fewer things these days. Hmm. And it's basically because most things are just right. And they're right because they do have sensors, context-based control, AI, other things that basically ensure that my experience is going to be closer to something that's pretty, pretty satisfactory. Uh, we're going to see more of that in conference room technology and AV technology generally so that people will fuss with things less and less. So I think it's all to the good.
0: Well, that actually brings up a, a really good point, Jimmy, is the the Joe's experience as everything being just right, as a, a former programmer and a for, former tech manager, I know what kind of work it takes to get things like that, right? So is this a, a good opportunity for, for the AV integrator, for the commercial integrator, even the residential integrator to get in and say, okay, you know what? Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you want things just to kind of happen. That's great. It's going to be a little bit more because there's a lot of more back end. How then do we educate the customer about this? We yes, we can do this, but there might be a a a price uh, a price point change to that.
2: Yeah, I I, I think it does nothing but um, secure the jobs and uh, into the foreseeable future. Um, Programming is everything. And I've learned that just by getting demonstrations across the U.S. You'll hear somebody say a command one way, and then you'll hear it said a different way at another shop, you know, down the road. And I think about uh, maybe the educational environment or where we're coming into a conference room, uh, corporate America, um, one person will say a command one way and another will say it quite differently. And I think programming has to be flexible enough to allow for that kind of uh, versatility to drive the result that we're all looking for ultimately. Bring them, bringing the lights up, turning the projector on, you know, getting the conference room ready for a meeting or for education or for whatever it might be that we're using it for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, our next story comes to us from our friends over at Innovate on the Net. BiAmp, Joe's company, is adding to their European team uh, from the article. Uh, building on a wow. recent addition to its European sales team, BiAmp has appointed Sandra Kellerman to support its sales channel throughout Eastern Europe and the Nordic countries. Joe, this is a, a recent hire for you guys, a um, recent recent hire for you. And, and I want to start with you on this because you guys have been doing some expansion as well. Serge has has also been doing some expanding. But one thing that, that has kind of been a, a thread, at least for us and our coverage throughout this, the last 12 months, honestly. Has been the global the globalization of AV, whether it's it's integrators who are expanding overseas or or manufacturers who are uh, putting out more support staff. How important is it is it for a manufacturer who is seeing not only their U.S. clients expanding beyond the U.S. borders, but also seeing uh, integrators who um, they're connecting with, you know, newly or are reconnecting with. Uh, across the globe, how, how important is it to, to have that local support when you're expanding globally?
1: Uh, it's uh, essential. Essentially, it's unavoidably essential.
0: Uh, you know, you mentioned two
1: phenomenons that are related to one another, but really distinctly different. One is, you know, globalization generally, right? We're all trying to sell our solutions uh, around the world. Uh, but even more importantly, it's the globalization of some of our most important clients. And so even if you would like to say, well, I'm a North North American uh, distributor or a European distributor. The fact that some of your biggest clients are not isolated to one domain means somehow some way. You need to find a way to go and support them in these other geographies. Uh, It's also very, very critical, especially with these large global companies, that they have a very uniform experience across all their different departments. Uh, They've got people that move across borders and go to these various offices. They want their people to be effective in all those different locations. So standardization of the deployments, standardization of the experiences within those room spaces is something they're mandating. And the only way to do, ensure that is to make sure that the some of the entities that, that persist across all these different geographies, like the manufacturers, are committed to the success of the integrators, because not all integrators are have that same sort of global footprint. So uh, we need to step in and support the local integrators so that the objectives of the global customers are all met. Um, that only enhances our ability to support them, their work that is truly local within these geographies as well. So any work we do in support of the globals tends to carry over and benefit us in the uh, local markets as well. So uh, it is essential. Um, certainly Bi-Amp as a as a brand in particular is... Of known for ensuring customer success, right? I mean, that's above and beyond just great products. We want to ensure the great products deliver the experiences that we promise that they will. And that requires hand holding and stepping in and ensuring that shortfalls or confusion or other sorts of glitches that happen in the real world are patched up by us. And uh, we're going to continue to go and do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, I want to talk about a little bit, a slight difference on this. BiAmp makes makes devices that obviously require power. Surgex, is, is that's what they do, is they handle power. Not to be too simplistic about this, but uh, I've learned the hard way more than once that there is different power in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So how do you then make sure that you do maintain a uniform experience, like you know, the phrase that Joe used, uh, while also making sure that your systems and your products work regardless of where they are?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think, um... Kind of like in my experiences here in the States, uh, each little area has their own little um, nuances. I was talking to a gentleman in San Francisco uh, last night, and he mentioned uh, lightning. I said, you don't really have a lot of lightning in Northern California, but what you do get is a lot of brownouts. And so having somebody established you know, in the pockets uh, regionally uh, out in, in Europe and, and in other countries certainly helps because you get a real sense of what the issues are or might be. And then, obviously, being um, accredited appropriately, so that your certification for each country is um, is appropriate enough to uh, limit any liability that somebody might have by plugging into one of our products. That's also key. And then, the last part is um, people still like dealing with people, so you know, having a face that's local that that somebody understands the. Uh, the person, you know, the relationship that the the understanding of the region is there, as opposed to maybe somebody coming over from North America that just gets to go, well, whatever, once a quarter or once a year to, to give some face time. I think it's, um, it's crucial, no matter what uh, region we happen to be working in.
0: You mentioned something there about being accredited locally. Um, you, in the U.S., we have different uh, certifications. Obviously, in Europe, they have different certifications, depending on which part of Europe. They also have different ones. Uh, Japan has different ones. China has ones. Is that something that you guys go after and you say, hey, we want to, we want to get into this market? Let's say India, for example. You, we want to get into the, um, into the India market or the China market. What certifications do we need? Or is that a, a pushback from your clients that say, hey we want to use your product in XYZ country, but we need these certs.
2: Yeah, well, it it goes both ways. Um, You know, with the acquisition in 2016 of Surgex uh, folding into Amatech, who's very much a global uh, company, it's one of the first questions we are going to ask ourselves is, yes, we would like to participate in Brazil or Australia or wherever, but, you know, A, can we right out of the gate, do we have the certifications to be able to do it B, um, in many cases, do we have the resources? Is there already an established office space? Is there a, an established uh, distribution network that we can tie into? And, and actually it just helped us with uh, relationships in Australia here uh, very recently, this past month. But um, yeah, certainly it's coming from us. Also it will come from the customer. If it doesn't come out of our mouths first, that'll be the first thing they ask. We'd love to use your product. Uh, it seems like great product. Uh, will we be in trouble if something happens? because of some you know, certification that may not be there.
0: All right, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next story here comes to us from our friends over at Sound and Communications. Almo Pro uh, Pro AV has gotten been named the exclusive US distributor of iMAG systems. If you're not familiar with iMAG systems, they're an AV over IP uh, delivery products that use the SDVOE uh, Alliance uh, protocol for that. Um, couple questions here. Jimmy, we'll start with you on this. Um, mm-hmm. First and foremost, what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of a manufacturer going exclusively with one distributor, uh, maybe in, in, in a particular country, in a particular region?
1: Hmm.
2: We just went through this on the pro side here in the States. Um, and it's working out great. I mean, our uh, at the end of the day, uh, our larger customers um, kind of dictate that uh, uh, the tightness on that supply chain is is ever more um, tight you know so so they want to be able to have the product just kind of flowing as they need it as opposed to holding on to inventory and and of course these days in manufacturing yes we have some inventory but it's it's nothing like you know maybe what we would hope to have as salespeople in the field um it's it's uh it's an ebb and flow and it's a delicate balance but we've certainly benefited from the move in june here in the states where we were able to partner up with uh Herman Pro AV, and, and they've been great for us. They were great for us uh, for the, you know, several years that we had a relationship with them while we were dealing with uh, direct customers and then also them as a distribution partner.
0: Joe, uh, this actually kind of goes back to a little bit to the global uh, chat we had. Um, here in the States, there, there's two different mechanisms. There are certainly direct from manufacturer relationships, and there is also uh, distribution at least in, in, in the UK and in Europe, distribution is almost entirely how folks get products, whether it's biamp products or surgeons or whoever. So, what same kind of question is is what you know when a, why would a company may, maybe diversify over various you know uh, uh, you know uh, distribution sure. methods? I guess is the best way to put this. Right. Um, or you know maybe they want to say that oh this is how we do it. This is the one way you can get us.
1: I mean, every company is going to perhaps have its own philosophy. And speaking for BIAMP, we have a very clear way in which we think through that those trade-offs. We uh, make a decision to either go direct or go through distribution. Um, either way we go, it's our philosophy that you are dealing with BIAMP. And because of that, that's why our philosophy then says, carries forward and says, well, if we choose to go with the distributor, it's an exclusive distributor because we go all in, with the distributor we think best represents the Biamp values and is able to go and represent Biamp most effectively, and we don't want the distributor to think that we are split our commitment or that we are somehow uncertain about their ability to deliver. We go all in uh, with our distributor so that uh, anybody dealing doing business with that distributor can feel that they are doing business with Biamp. Um, if we if the market economic size so forth suggests that we uh, a direct presence is more efficient, then we go in with the direct presence, and we don't nec- we don't generally complement it with a distributor as well. So it's an either or, all in commitment from buy
0: And is that, not to get into too much in the weeds here, but that's region-wide or country-wide when, when you make that decision?
1: Yes, yes, and it, generally the trade-off comes that if uh, we have a large enough book of business where we can justify a local office, then we'll Generally, or quite often, favor local office for somebody who has the reach and established relationships with integrators in a market where we don't have a large book of business yet, then it's a lot more efficient and effective for us to go through a distributor. All
0: right, very good. Uh, Last story here comes to us uh, from AV Magazine Uber is deploying 850 rooms, 850 rooms. With Zoom and PanaCast, two cameras, if you're not familiar with PanaCast, everybody's familiar with Zoom. It's what we're using here uh, to Mm -hmm. record. Uh, PanaCast has this um, camera that lets you span a very wide percentage of of the room. This is a quote from the, the head of collaboration and AV services at Uber. You have five chairs per huddle room. If two are not in the camera, meaning you can't see them in the field of view, then those two chairs are not usable, and you've lost two seats at the table, literally. I want to hone in on something. First of all, I want to hone in on the fact that Uber, a very large tech firm, has a head of collaboration in AV services. I think that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah. The fact that a, a large tech firm has somebody, that, a, a, somebody in that position that says this is important to us, make sure that we have somebody in that position that knows what they're talking about and can speak AV and IT and, and, and bring the two together. But Jimmy, a, a wider question for the commercial integrators that are listening to this. This is 850 rooms, right? 850 systems, 850 huddle spaces. It's a large deployment and that didn't happen overnight. My question, though, is from both you and Joe: How do integrators get into the room? How do they get into that 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 meeting that happens that says, "Yes, we're going to do eight hundred fifty rooms," and you, ABC Integrator, are going to get this job?
2: You know, I think um, many times we get into projects like this through our consulted uh, consultant network, uh, and I would hope that even if um, Uber has its uh, IT and AV guru, uh, that guru uh, hopefully reached out to a consultant to say, what would be the best way to approach such a large scale project? Um, if, if they had experience in that, maybe they'd have some knowledge as to how to deploy uh, and execute, but probably not um, given their background. Um, I'd say reach out to a consultancy, uh, the best way to get accomplished, um, fitting all the chairs into the, uh, into the meeting. Um, And then hopefully that consultant then is uh, giving the end user, um, you know, the best experience they can for whatever price point they're trying to accomplish, you know, and, and ultimately the result that they want to get through. Uh, It looks like a couple TVs, a camera and a, you know, a a mission control uh, tablet there. Right. So um, consulting is probably our, our niche um, and the the go-to strategy uh, working through that network of consultants across the U S and, Trying to get into larger scale projects like this,
0: uh, Joe. Same kind of question as, as we wrap up here. How do you get into the room where where big projects like this are are kind of uh, set out and and awarded?
1: Yeah, well, I certainly agree with everything Jimmy just described. I, you know, we certainly don't take for granted that there's any one fixed model that's going to work, and so we we stay actively involved with all the major participants in the conversation. And there's kind of four of them, right? I mean, there's the end user themselves, of course, and sometimes. Like with Uber, they've committed to developing an internal house or a capability that's pretty sophisticated. Other times, not so much. Um, consultants are a very, very heavily utilized channel for doing unique and large installations, like an 850 room deployment. Uh, integrators are sometimes brought in to implement that, and sometimes brought in earlier to help uh, construct that. So, obviously, we want to be very, very tight with them. And then, honestly, the manufacturers themselves. We don't isolate ourselves from any of those communities. We actively involve ourselves, keep on the lookout for those programs. Uh, we're happy to go in and, and be a point of introduction for some of them. So for some of these other entities, like the consultants and the integrators, um, there are instances where that happens, where we just happen to bump into an end-use and We do get to kind of kick it off. Um, but just as often, we're supporting one of these other channels. So we keep active links to all of them. Um, these big projects, are rarely one person's decisions or one entities. It is really a collaboration between all those communities, and um, the winner is going to be the one who who effectively can operate within all of them.
0: Well, and that is, that is really the trick, right? Is getting all the disparate folks who are not only responsible, but they have a stake, <laughs> like stakeholders uh, in mm-hmm. in these organizations that says, yes, you know, I I want this or I want that how do we make that happen and how do we more more successfully and and economically uh, make this happen? All right, guys, uh, that is gonna do it for us. Thank you both so much. Uh, Mr. Joe Angelus from BiAmp, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me. uh,
0: How do people find you and or BiAmp?
1: Well, you can find me personally on LinkedIn, just uh, search for Joe Andrelis, very few Andrelises, so you should have no problem. But Joe Andrelis at BiAmp, uh, and BiAmp generally at www.biamp.com. And of course, we hope to see many of you at ISE, which is only four short months away now. So uh, um, we should have lots of things that get people excited. So please stop by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And Mr. Paschke, sir, thank you, sir. Uh, How do people find you and or Surgex?
2: Uh, well, first, let's go to the website, ESPSurgex.com, and then I'm on LinkedIn as well, Jimmy Paschke. I'd uh, be glad to help anybody with questions steer them towards the right, uh, most appropriate contact in our company. Thanks, Tim, for having me, by the way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely man. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me uh, on Twitter's because uh, at this point I'm complaining about the Bears' defense. Uh, <laughs> If you would, please, avianation.tv, avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Next few weeks, honestly, is going to be all about digital signage for us. And then, as Joe mentioned, ISC shortly Mm -hmm. thereafter. Uh, But we'll be in New York uh, City for New York Digital Signage Week. Also for NEC's um, uh, 25th Anniversary Showcase. And then a couple weeks after that, we're doing uh, our next webinar on digital signage and digital signage creation, uh, content creation for uh, the AV integrators. So check that out. Also, while you're there, check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us go to New York Digital Signage Week and ISC and everything else. And by is one of those, so we thank them for their support. So find all that and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks for, so much for listening. Thank you uh-huh. so much. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Hold mm-hmm. on.